0: The Check a Podcast Network.
1: He's a Chicago sports broadcasting legend. The other has spent a lifetime walking into Las Vegas casinos and taking your money. Check Copic. Harvard Hallis Barnhard. This
0: is Vegas
1: Uncensored.
0: All right, point spread players, you have come to the right place. The corner of. Copic and Barnhart, Chet Copic in Chicago, joined by the pride and joy of Las Vegas Boulevard. Harvard, Hollis, Barnhart, you want to take down your man? You want to understand the Greenfelt? And believe me, you have come to the right place. We're brought to you by the marvelous people at Jiffy Lube. Whatever you're thinking about regarding your car, remember, Jiffy Lube is the place. Harvard, uh, it's a very well-kept secret. Only the insiders along Glitter Gulch really know what this is all about. Explain the hatred toward Iowa that exists with the odds makers in Las Vegas.
1: Well, you know, let's don't use that uh, harsh hatred word, but uh, I tell you what, they have total disdain for that team uh, when it comes to polls. And let me tell you the difference. You know, they have that uh, AP top 25, they have the coaches poll, which everybody has, uh, you know, Florida, Texas, Alabama. In fact, Alabama and Texas keep leapfrogging. But every one of those polls has Iowa in the top four or five. Everyone except the people that put their money out by the millions every single weekend, and that is the Las Vegas Bookmakers poll. They have... Iowa rated 13th, and they said if they had one more close game where they have to come back, where they have to get the miracle score in the end, they might not even be in the top 20. They do not have any respect for that team. They don't think they can score. They don't think they can play. In fact, this is the same team that a lot of people are screaming about how good they are because they're in the mid-American and uh, you know uh, they're in the heartland of America and they're undefeated. They almost lost to Northern Iowa in game number one. In fact, they should have lost to Northern Iowa. Had they lost that game with that field goal in the last second, they wouldn't even be talked about, and here they are uh, playing catch-up with every single team that they do, and they're not doing it very well. Their Talk defense isn't that good, and their offense isn't—it doesn't even exist.
0: Talk to me about the odds-makers poll. You mentioned the AP Top 25, Coaches Top 25. I know you have access to it. You have access to everything in Las Vegas, Nevada. How many people really have the opportunity to grab and get their mitts
1: on the so-called odds makers poll? Well, a lot of people will get the poll as far as numbers 1 through 15. That's not big deal, but what they will not get is the power ratings that come associated with it or how they are ranked uh, numerically so you can start figuring out your own odds and lines and things like that. That's a pretty well-kept secret. I don't know if it's kept uh, like the Coca-Cola formula, but I'll tell you what, very few people. And I've had seen it, I've had access to it, and I've kept up with it this year. Uh, there's teams like Iowa, I just said, are not in the top ten. Uh, there's another team like Penn State, which is in the top ten. In fact, they have Penn State ranked number six, where some polled, uh people don't even have them in the top ten. Uh, they have Ohio State ranked a lot higher than what that previously was thought. So what we've got coming up here, Chet, is Iowa is going to be playing Ohio State here in the next couple weeks. So we'll see how that pans out. You also have the Penn State uh, game this week. with uh, They're favored by four. Uh, Ohio State's playing them. So there's a lot of interesting uh, things, but Penn State should be moving up to the top eight, which is the BCS numbers, uh, but right now they're already number five or number six in the makers poll out here in Las Vegas. All right,
0: got to tell you, man, I really find this intriguing. Southeastern Conference Championship game. Nick Saban, Bama, Urban, Meyer, Florida. You're telling me right now that the Gators would be minus three and a half before the kickoff.
1: That's on a neutral field, and if they play it, I guess uh, what do they always play it in Atlanta in the right. bo- the dome there, the, dome. Uh, the Georgia Dome. But uh, yes, Florida will be a three and a half point favorite. They initially thought it might be uh, four and a half to five, but Florida just has not been that dominating offensively this year like they were last year. And Alabama, while they're dominating themselves, uh, uh, you know, defensively, uh, they're just not doing too well in the uh, uh, offense. But Florida would come out three and a half. We also have some projected bowls here, Chet, just in case everything goes according to normal. And you know it's not going to. In fact, just this week, you've got LSU. They have a chance to really throw a wrench into the equation. They play in Alabama. And if Alabama can't find a way to score, who knows what LSU can do on any given Saturday. Uh, you have Oregon. Now, this is where I think it's intriguing, because Boise, they beat Oregon in the first game. Now, Oregon is uh, undefeated in the Pac-10, and they just destroyed USC. And a lot of people thought they were the number one team in the country. Well, Oregon's a five-point favorite at Stanford. And I'm telling you right now, Stanford has a very, very, very fast, quick, huge team that would give anybody in the SEC a test, and they're getting five points. In fact, uh, I'm going to be taking Stanford at home to uh, upset uh, Oregon on that. Uh, Texas, there's so much talk in the Big 12 because the Big 12 Northern Division, they had the AD oh, talking sucks. about the scenario, Just how terrible. Missouri... Can, uh, make it all the way to the championship game. If this happens and that happens, but, uh, let's get past this weekend where we see Oklahoma playing Nebraska and they're playing in Nebraska. Nebraska should be fired up. Uh, you know, they were embarrassed two weeks ago by Texas Tech. Uh, they got things straightened out last week at Baylor and actually played a very good game. And the odds makers there again out here in Las Vegas where nobody, it's the opposite. Nobody gives Nebraska much of a chance, uh, out there in, uh, La La Land, but out here in Vegas where you have to put your money up, they think pretty highly of Nebraska. So Harvard. that should be
0: very interesting. Harvard, let me give you my great hypothetical right now. Quarterback Jimmy Clawson may well win the Heisman Trophy at Notre Dame. Notre Dame could, as you know, win out. Uh, They're top-heavy double digits against uh, Navy this week. Tough game on the road at Pittsburgh, followed by UConn, followed by Stanford. They could end the year with a record of 10-2. and If I'm a bowl promoter, and I have an opportunity to fill, and at large, i got to tell you, I don't want unbeaten Texas Christian. I don't want unbeaten Boise State. I want Clausen and Notre Dame, and I'm going to think, I'm going to guess right now that if Notre Dame winds up uh, with a card of 10-2, and 2, they'll be about number eight, number nine in the, uh, the BCS chart, which means to me they're attractive for one particular reason. The aura of Newt Rockne, number two, Irish fans travel big, and they spend dough like crazy.
1: Yes, they do travel well. In fact, uh, they used to get sent down to the Sugar Bowl or down to the Orange Bowl when they couldn't find any place else to put them, oh, and absolutely. they would pack the place. Yeah. You're 100% right. But let me tell you something. Was in, in, uh, since Boise beat Oklahoma in the Fiesta Bowl two or three years ago, that really put Boise on the map It's an exciting team fun to watch they travel well and people are in love with this Boise State team because they score a lot of points but the opposite's true you're right Texas Christian they have no followers uh nobody wants to back a uh, TCU they play hard nose defense but unfortunately Chet they're very high up in the RPIs because they beat uh uh, B- uh, BYU at BYU. They get to play Utah, which is their biggest game next Saturday, not this Saturday, but the following Saturday. And uh, they've also played a couple other teams that they scored very well against. But I have them projected to go undefeated the rest of the season. So they're not going anywhere. Boise, the only shot they ever will have to lose, I think they're a 15-point favorite at Louisiana Lafayette this week down there. Uh, they're not going to lose. They might not cover the spread, but they're not going to lose. And Cincinnati, uh, they get to play Pittsburgh, which I think Pittsburgh is up and coming. They're very, very strong this year. Uh, maybe they could lose. But uh, I don't think uh, Cincinnati, TCU, and Boise are going anywhere. Now, that's going to leave a mess because we know Florida is going to probably play Alabama. One of them aren't going anywhere as far as the BCS game. Texas, they could get run over by the, uh, B, uh, big 12 championship game. And then Iowa, I don't think they'll be around. So who knows what's going to be in the top five, but I suspect TCU or Boise or Cincinnati, I think two of those three teams will be in the top five. I now, can
0: tell you right now, my friend, you, you have one projection that I find to be really sexy. It's a great football game. The Fiesta Bowl. Now, of course, Pond, Penn State, four point faves have to knock off Trestle and the Ohio State Buckeyes. That's contingent upon, you know, our, uh, our our situation, our scenario playing out. A Fiesta Bowl with Boise State against Penn State, that's going to do a major league television number. And, you know, the gang out in, out in Happy Valley, the whole nine yards, Penn State will travel big. That could wind up being a tremendous bowl game, Harvard.
1: Well, I love that. I like splitting TCU and Boise up because I really want people to know exactly how good these two teams are. Boise State, if they played in the Fiesta Bowl, we would make Penn State a two-and-a-half-point favorite. Uh, on the other hand, in the Sugar Bowl, if we put Alabama up against TCU, uh, Alabama would come minus six. So that's under a touchdown. Now, this would be the lowest uh, point total in probably the history of bowl games at 36 Neither team, Alabama or TCU, are capable of scoring many points. In fact, I think 36 is being very generous. Uh, the uh, Rose Bowl, we kind of project Oregon, and if Iowa can run the table, but then again, if Iowa, I would love to see Iowa come out here and play Oregon, because I would probably sell anything and everything that I had, and just dump it all over Oregon. We would open Oregon up about minus six, right around a touchdown, and they would absolutely destroy now, Iowa. Now wait, now, wait, time out. You
0: would open up Oregon. Now, granted, Oregon knocked off Carroll, so that gives them a very, you know, unique cachet. But you would make them a touchdown favorite against an unbeaten Iowa football team. Hollis, for heaven's sakes, this Iowa football team last week beat Indiana.
1: <laughs> and they rallied against Wisconsin to score, and they rallied against a couple other teams to uh, uh, put it away. But uh, that northern, remember, Iowa needed northern Iowa to miss back to back field goals nice. in the last three seconds to, to get away and even have a shot at the Rose Bowl. Can you imagine if that goes through the uprights? We're not even coming out here to the uh, Rose Bowl January the 1st. I mean you know that's how close one game is another thing that enters in is georgia tech this team boy is that paul johnson uh, the former coach of navy put together an offense that triple offense uh it's like a wishbone or something but uh right. if georgia tech They could move up if Oregon loses to Stanford. Now, the ACC is one of the worst conferences out there this year. None of them play defense. Uh, There's probably the over and under should be right around 60, 62 on every game because I think every team scores in the 30s. But Georgia Tech, I like that team. I like how they play. Their defense isn't that bad. And uh, they could also move up into the top eight depending on what happens to Oregon and depending on what happens to the Penn State-Ohio State game this weekend. Vegas
0: so. Raw, Vegas Uncovered. I'm Chad Kopic in Chicago, joined by the master Harvard, Hollis Barnhart. You're at the corner of Coppock and Barnhart, brought to you by the marvelous people at uh, Jiffy Lube. Harvard National Football League time. Uh, explain where people can start to get point spread value. We've got some lousy ball clubs out there. Kansas City, the Browns are just hapless. Washington. Even Snyder's apologizing for the ball club right now. Carolina, Tampa Bay, abysmal. Oakland, pathetic. St. Louis, a disaster area. Detroit should qualify for uh, for federal aid. Uh, Tennessee finally won a ball game. How can players legitimately go about analyzing games involving these teams to maximize their action by really knowing what point spread value is all about?
1: Well, you know, first of all, at the poker game last night, we had a very interesting discussion, which I don't want to get into, but I'll tell you what it was about. What would you rather be, Chet, the mayor of Detroit, if you had to turn something around, the mayor of Detroit, the president of Ford Motor Company, or the GM of the Detroit Lions?
0: I would probably go with mayor of Detroit because things have been so bad for so long you're going to get about a three-year mulligan.
1: Well, I'm just saying, that's how bad that city is. And uh, they lose to St. Louis last week. I mean, I couldn't believe that one. I thought at least they had a shot the way they played, you know, to beat St. Louis Rams. But uh, here's what I'm saying. What you have to do when you're starting to play these bad teams is the odds makers in Vegas knows that nobody wants to bet on a bad team it's just not sexy to sit there and say can you imagine somebody coming up to you and say who'd you bet you say well i bet the redskins and parlayed them with the browns well that sounds horrible unless you realize that washington's getting 14 and a half and the browns are getting nineteen and a half. well then you still don't even want to say that you bet it even though you might collect on that parlay but what you have to do is you really have to start taking uh... some positive uh, differentials and things like that if you noticed we have a positive differential on Miami Dolphins, who has scored more points than they have allowed. We've also had one on, uh, on San Francisco, but yet yeah, they get no respect. San Francisco hmm. last week was getting 12 points at Indianapolis. Look what happened. They had a couple quick scores. Gore went out for a 70-yard run. Next thing you know, they put 14 points on the board, and they're getting 11 or 12. That's a lot of points. They end up covering the spread. Oakland, though, on the other hand, they've been outscored, outperformed by 150 points this season. So they are not a very good team to bet on. But lumped in the same category with Oakland is Carolina. Carolina has only been outpointed by just 38 points through the first seven weeks of play, or the first eight weeks, which is only five points per game. But yet this week, that line... When they play New Orleans Saints, is going to be 14, 14 and a half, 15. And I'm telling you right now, people that bet on Carolina taking the double digits will not be wanting to tell their friends that that's who they played, and yet they very easily should get the cover because uh, the Carolina emphasis on running the clock out, running the ball, keeping Breeze off the field. So I think that could be a pretty easy cover. But... Uh, the odds makers they keep making the lines higher and higher and higher to attract betters. Do you remember
0: a time when the Raiders were about Stabler and about Matuzak and about uh, Tatum and about Atkinson, and it was sexy just to bet on the Raiders? I yeah, know, even
1: was, even the uh, the uh, punter Ray Guy. Yeah, he uh, was he was getting his props back then. Was, and uh, when I was
0: when I was young and even stupider than I, than I am right now, I, I used to bet the Raiders. And this this will tell you I'm, I'm a classic mark. I used to bet the Raiders just to
1: tell people I was betting the Raiders.
0: Especially on Monday night. You didn't care what the point
1: spread was. And you know what? Every time the Oakland played on Monday night, the odds makers there would say, oh, they're supposed to be four and a half. Make them seven and a half. People are late anyway because it's Monday night and it's Oakland.
0: So, in other words, once again, once again, no matter how smart you think you are, the house doesn't have to cheat, doesn't have to run a con. It will simply put down a number. That is so outrageous, and the public will be dumb enough to buy in.
1: Oh, the public, you can't underestimate or overestimate. I'm not sure of the right word, but I'm telling you right now, uh, they will bet anything that sounds like a public team, that makes them sound like they're a genius. I mean, if it says Pittsburgh Steelers on it, or even Chicago Bears, they're still enamored with that. New England Patriots, Dallas Cowboys. But this year, the darling of the public is the New Orleans Saints, and they won the first six games... Uh, they won and covered last week. They had it won and covered until at the end, and uh, they ended up losing the spread, but St. Louis still ended up winning. Let me tell you another example of a bad team that you can make money off of for the rest of the year, Chet, that very, very few people will understand why. You ready? Fire. Tennessee Titans. First of all, I they agree. had the most difficult I schedule agree. right out of the box, starting off with Pittsburgh Steelers and they've played nothing but strong, strong, strong teams. Now they get a chance to play some weak teams, but here's where the problem lies. They benched Kerry Collins, and not so much because Kerry Collins was doing anything wrong, but they have this kid named Vince Young that they have a $14 million balance due, and it's due next season. They have to find out in their mind if they're going to pay it. So what they have to do is play every single game from here on out like it's a championship game because it's a huge investment not only for Tennessee but also for Vince Young, who would like that $14 million. So he's going to play. His teammates are rallying around. They have the leading uh, off- or rusher, the running back in the NFL, uh, averaging 6.9 yards per carry. And they can run the ball. Now they can throw the ball. And they're getting nothing but value. Sexy, sexy teams that will be playing against Tennessee will be laying way, way, way too many points because everybody's going to think that Fisher and company has written off this season. But on the contrary, they're just now getting the season going. And I suspect that they're going to start making some waves. Just remember last year. Uh, I think they were a 10-2 and two at one time or something like that. They were a very good team yeah. last year, and not a lot has changed. So look for getting value the rest of the season with this Tennessee Titans squad.
0: Ah, uh, My friend, the World Series of Poker, the final table. Talk about hey. the chip leader and also Phil Ivey, who is, at this point, inch for inch, pound for pound, acknowledged to be the greatest poker player in the world. So help me, Doyle Brunson. Tell me about our chip leader, Tell me about Phil Ivey.
1: Well, first of all, these uh, uh, the November uh, Nine—that's what it's called. They're all coming back to Las Vegas this Saturday. They'll be at the Rio Pavilion. They've uh, actually—they're in. uh, If you remember years ago, it used to be one table crowded around Binion's Horseshoe upstairs. In fact, they had to put it in the Baccarat pit because they didn't want to give up the craps in the blackjack area. (laughs) Then there was a time that they actually moved it outside onto Fremont Street, but that was in the middle of July, and you can imagine the oh, 110 degrees Lord. under the lights, the cameras, the makeup, and all that. Uh, not only were the players sweating, the I think the paint off the cards were melting out here in Las Vegas in July. So they took it over to the Rio. It has grown now to where the final table prize pool for this uh, main event was sixty-one million dollars. They had sixty-five hundred entries. The final table pool is twenty-seven million dollars that they'll be playing for this Saturday. So they're bringing all nine guys back. ESPN will be filming it, and it will be on air this coming Tuesday, a week from uh, yesterday. So what about the leader? What, is about the Darren Moon? what about the shops? Can I? If I'm in Vegas right now. Can I bet
0: on the final table?
1: No, you can't bet on people that talk. You can't bet on humans like that. Uh, you know, you can bet on horses and you can bet on teams, but you can't bet on individuals. But offshore, what you can do is, uh, uh, I've got the odds listed. Uh, Darwin uh, Moon, he's a logger from Maryland. Uh, he's got fifty-eight million in chips. He is seventeen to ten favorite, which means you have to put up seventeen dollars to win ten dollars. Uh, second place is down. Remember, he's at 58 million. Second closest is 34 million. And this guy's a poker pro. He's a 3 to 1 favorite. Ivy's a 4 to 1 favorite and only has 9 million. That shows you how much respect and talent that they have. But keep in mind, let me tell you the most important fact about this final table, Chet. It's where they drew the seating position. Mm-hmm. In seat one is the chip leader. Darvin Moon, but right to his left, he has to put in his chips and make his uh, decisions first, and in sitting in chip uh, seat three, Phil Ivy. So that means he gets to act behind Darvin Moon every single hand, and it'll be that way all the way through the finals. So Darvin Moon is at such a huge disadvantage having Phil Ivey sitting to his left. It, it's incredible. The luck of that draw, and then right behind him is Steve uh, Bigler and Eric uh, Buckman, which are two really, really fine players. So even though you have one guy with 58 million in chips, and you have uh, plenty others uh, between nine and 12 million, you're basically only one or two pots away from tying it up. If I put nine million in and and Moon calls and I win, I have almost 20 million. He's down to 50 we do that again i'm now the chip leader so we're basically two hands from being the chip leader if you're a phil ivy and you can get the other guy to go all in and phil knows how to get you to bet your chips uh it's fact usually when you're betting first it's called walking the dog and phil's an expert Hmm. at letting you lead right into his trap he sets more traps than anybody but that's why he's phil ivy he loves to bet he loves to bet big he's got the most piercing eyes you've ever seen they just, uh, everything in his face just freezes, except his eyes move left and right like an owl. And uh, it uh, he just has that same look as a Michael Jordan or a Tiger Woods. In fact, he looks very much like Tiger Woods. They call oh, him wow. Tiger Woods of the uh, poker. But uh, this is going to be one exciting final table. First place, Chet, this year, first place, 8.5 million. Wow. All nine players Made one million, they all got paid the minimum of ninth place, which was one point two million, so in July, they all got a check for one point two million, and the rest went into a bank and now it comes out, and uh, they 'll pay off the rest after this Saturday or Sunday. I believe it 'll probably take two days for the final table to uh, be decided on who 's going to be the World Series main event champion for two thousand and
0: nine Hi, right, my man uh, vegas education 101 i 'm going to give you a play that I'm going to make this weekend, you tell me if it's a, a good play, a logical play, or a stupidity. Notre Dame, Navy, in South Bend. Notre Dame, minus 11. Not going to bet the ball game. Notre Dame right now running a high-powered offense with Clawson, Golden Tate, Michael Floyd's back in uniform. Um, I think they'll almost score at will against Navy. Conversely, Navy always plays Notre Dame tough in South Bend, and they will score, I believe, 21 points. My play in the ball game, Forget about the uh, the final score. I'm going to bet I'm going to bet the over. Logical play or illogical?
1: Well, I personally don't like betting the overs when it comes to a service academy. They are ranked 120th out of 120 teams passing the ball because one, they never pass the ball. Exactly. Uh, they have so the How can you years. be ranked? I think they average 54 yards passing every single game they did something that's never been done before in the history of football and that was two weeks ago they ran 100 percent of every play every play was run they didn't pass one time in the entire game they haven't done that since the forward pass was invented so you're going to find three yards and a cloud of dust but here's the problem they've got six guys that can run the ball chat and uh i'm not sure Because what happens, it depends on how far. If you could run over five yards per carry, then with each first down, the clock changes, and that affects how the time clock. So I'd have to rethink that thing in college football. In pros, when they're running, like let's say Carolina is going to do a lot of running, the clock continues to run even after the first downs. But in college, it's different than that. So I'd have to rechart that. Now, I do like taking the points. Anytime I can get double points digit points with this Navy squad that's truly disciplined, that will run the ball, that's going to play hard nose, I like taking, so I would rather see you bet the plus 11. The other thing I'd like to talk about is the same thing holds true for the other service academy, and I think this is our chance for uh, Jiffy Lube and everybody else in America to get behind and rally with our troops and boys, now that you brought up Navy, but you know what, this is also a great week. You can't get any better. Any more solid of, uh, you know, mid American as Navy and Notre Dame, but there's also out here, Air Force is hosting Army. And the same situation, except you get a few more points where you're getting Army getting plus 16 and a half. Now, this is the same Army team that already beat Vanderbilt. Now, that Vanderbilt's anybody, but you know what? They're SEC. They've got good athletes. they got good, fast, big, quick players and they're getting 16.5 points against a team that also is ranked 119th throwing the ball. So we're going to have a lot of running, 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 and field goals. Nothing but field goals in this Air Force-Army game, which will definitely lead the uh, point spreads to be a very pertinent factor in this outcome from a sports betting uh, point of view. So I would say take both underdogs. Take Navy plus the points, and also take Army plus the points over Air Force. And I think we're going to have a couple winners there.
0: Points by players, the gospel according to Harvard Hollis Barnhart. I'm Chet Coppock, and don't forget, we will catch you in seven big days. Meanwhile, have yourself a fabulous weekend for Mr. Harvard Hollis Barnhart. This is Chet Coppock saying, points by players, remember, you have been educated by the best.